The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Oranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, January 21st. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Dr. Martha Burns. Dr. Burns has been a practicing clinician in the Chicago area for 35 years. She serves on the faculty of Northwestern University Department of Communication Sciences and Disorders and on the medical staff of Evanston Northwestern Hospital. Dr. Burns has received honors from Northwestern University the American Speech Language Hearing Foundation, and more. She is the author of the book, Clinical Management of Right Hemisphere Dysfunction, and the test, Burns Brief Inventory of Communication and Cognition. Dr. Burns currently serves as Senior Clinical Specialist and Director of Professional Relations at Scientific Learning Corporation. Welcome, Dr. Burns. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. It's nice to meet you. How do you like to be addressed? Um, you can just call me Martha. Martha, thank you. Well, Martha, you've been a speech and language expert for decades. Have you seen the nature of children's struggles change over the years? Um, yes, yes and no. I would say that uh, the nice thing now is that students are still struggling, and we have many struggling students, but now we understand that that the children are not, just not motivated or lazy. We realize that children that are struggling are struggling because their brains have not matured in exactly the same way as other children. So we we understand them better, and we also have much better interventions to work with them. So behavior is sort of a um, a communication in and of itself of what's going on in the body. The function is telling us something about the structure underneath? Exactly. Yes, as a matter of fact, as a neuroscientist, one of the things that we've learned is that our observations and our test results are really accurate. We we can test a child, we can see that they have perhaps attentional problems or memory problems or language problems, and then if we look at their brain at work, we can see with at no surprise at all that the attentional networks of the brain don't seem to be as mature or that the memory capacity of the brain isn't as efficient. Um, and so, yes, we can, the brain is a representation of the behavior we see. That's, you've put it beautifully. Well, it is always nice when clinical manifestations match up with objective laboratory testing and then we know that we're on the right track, and we'll get into that a little bit more later with regard to the fast-forward technology. And didn't you teach in the public school system as well? Yes. So I started um, in 1967, actually, in the Chicago public schools, um, and I am I worked with children who had speech language problems and children on the autism spectrum and children with developmental delays. Um, then I ran a program at Evanston Hospital. Um, for, and was director of a program there. That's a Northwestern University hospital. And then um, about that same time, I started 
teaching on the faculty of Northwestern, but also started a private practice in the uh, Evanston, Illinois area, right near Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you've had a lot of experience. And can you please share with our listeners a brief definition of Fast Forward and why it was developed, especially in the context of the types of tools you started with at the beginning of your career and then why it was needed somewhere along the way? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yes, yeah, so most of us who worked with children who, who were having problems learning language or who had other kinds of issues, uh, developmental delays, had workbooks we could work with. We had procedures we could use to stimulate language. But I think we always felt like we were chasing the eight ball. We might get a year's gain in language skills in a year, but if the child was two years behind, then the child just wasn't catching up. And what fast forward is, um, and what happened was in the late 1990s, neuroscientists at Rutgers University and at University of California at San Francisco collaborated with a computerized approach for intensive stimulation of attentional networks, intensive exercises designed to build memory skills, and intensive exercises designed to build language skills. Um, and the intensity of it, the, the fact that it looked like computer games to children, and also the fact that it was very adaptive. It would, no matter where a child was starting, it could kind of zoom into exactly the kinds of structures the child needed to learn and the capacities that the child needed so it could supplement our therapy um, and actually drive the the child's um, maturation and drive the skill level so much faster that I mean the first year I I used fast forward in my own clinic was in 1997 and I used it with 25 people as young children as part of a research design and I was getting on average, a year and a half to two years gain in language skills in less than six months. And that was remarkable. Wow. So if I could please try to put this in layman's terms, and correct me if I'm wrong, Martha, it sounds like what you're saying Fast Forward does is address overarching principles and underlying mechanisms going on in the individual instead of Band-Aids being placed on scattered or discrete skills. Oh, yes. You've put it beautifully. So the goal of a neuroscience-based program like Fast Forward is to get at the cause of the child's language problem as opposed to, as you said, trying to fix, you know, trying to teach each language structure or each new word, but actually get at the underlying causes. And I, I like to think of it as the way you might think of how aerobics training and resistance training um, builds our our musculature in our body. Um, Neuroscience-designed exercises are designed to build the flexibility of the brain, the, the resilience of the brain, the speed with which the brain can learn and, and function. We also know that many of the language, communication, and other cognitive challenges that we see arise from brain injuries and situations where the normal neurodevelopmental trajectory has been skewed. So what kinds of individuals with what kinds of diagnoses would fast forward help? Well, that's a really good question. 
originally fast forward in the original research designs in the 90 was targeted for children with specific language problems or children on the autism spectrum or children with I would say mild to moderate developmental delays, um, especially those that affected language or reading. Um, but you're correct. It, we also have children who have had traumatic brain injuries or sometimes children have tumors that have been um, either surgically removed or they've been exposed to radiation. Um, and those children we've found we can run on fast forward as well. And because it's designed to drive the neurological mechanism and what we call the plasticity of the brain, the, the drive the brain's ability to change itself, um, we've had tremendous success with brain injuries as well as with developmental problems. And I should add, I've also used it with adults who've had strokes. So um, we see some very good results with adults who've had brain injuries as well. Right. I know that you're particularly interested in stroke victims, um, and you've mentioned various etiologies uh, for the, the challenges that someone is facing. So is there a difference between remediation for uh, these different etiologies, you know, what caused the deficits or is there a difference in the therapeutic intervention dependent upon how old somebody is or if it's someone who's had previous language versus someone who's never ha- developed language? Yeah, those are all um, excellent questions. So, um, if you are looking at an intervention for a child whose language is not developed yet, um, what you're doing is trying to drive the system. So you're just trying to make sure that the basic networks are functioning, that the child has some underlying cognitive capacities for language, that they can pay attention to language, that they have the ability to discriminate speech sounds, that they have the ability to utilize um you know, parts of speech, nouns, verbs, that they understand grammar. With an adult or with a child even who's had an injury, what we do therapeutically is we do a thorough test to see what are the areas that are affected. So I can have an individual, for example, that might have had a stroke in part of the left frontal lobe that has trouble with grammar, Um, but they don't have trouble with understanding language. So in that case, um, what I would do is target an intervention that would drive more the grammatical system. But I might have another person who has a stroke or a brain injury in the back of the brain, and that would affect perhaps their ability to understand language, but sometimes their speech is, is... okay because they were talking before. So they had speech and language, then they had the stroke that's interfering with their ability to comprehend, but their speech is still okay and the speech mechanisms of the brain are all right. So then I want to target my intervention to comprehension. So just to simplify it, the difference is with a child, you're trying to develop the whole system. Trying just as if again, if we go back to that analogy of physical fitness, you need both aerobic training and you need strength training. But if I have someone who has a specific injury, I will test to determine what is a capacity that's been affected. I'll look at what is still intact, and then I'll target my therapy that way. Okay, great. And is that what Fast Forward does? Yes. The nice thing about Fast Forward is that it has 
at each each there are there are eleven programs, and each of the eleven programs has five or six exercises. And one exercise might be designed for grammar, and one exercise might be designed for vocabulary, synonyms and antonyms, let's say. And one exercise in a program might be developed for speech sound discrimination. If an individual has a brain injury and they don't need to work on speech sound discrimination, let's say, they will adapt. That exercise will go right to the top very quickly, and then they won't see that exercise anymore. They'll, they'll, the, other exercises will come up where they're struggling. So the nice thing about an adaptive program, a lot, there are a lot of computer programs out there, but most of them are programs where we have to decide where to put the child or the adult. We have to decide which modules the person should use. The nice thing about the fast-forward programs is that's determined as the individual goes through it. They, they, if it's easy for them, they zoom out of it very quickly. If it's hard for them, they can stick with it at a lower level, and it won't even move them up a level till they're ready. Oh, great. Okay, so fast-forward technology uses something like its own decision tree process for um, making decisions about uh, which skills to target for the learner. Exactly. Very well put. Okay. We will be right back here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Dr. Martha Burns, and we want to thank our sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, using fast-forward technology. Please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com or click the Pretty Brain Pro banner on my host page. We'll be right back. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with our guest, Dr. Martha Burns, and we've been talking about the fast-forward technology. And Martha, before the break, you were talking about how the technology itself 
assesses the person and is able to individualize uh, the therapeutic intervention, their mediation for what they need. Now, in general, in the in the speech therapy, speech language uh, pathology realm, do you assess uh, your clients by function or do you also do things like look at the structure of the brain with MRI or functional MRI? Um, if, if it's a child, usually fMRI and MRI are not necessarily used because for developmental disorders anyway, we don't know yet how to use that kind of technology diagnostically. Um, it's used in the research area, so Fast Forward, for example, was studied um, using fMRI by Elise Temple at Stanford University and then Nadine Gabb at um, in Harvard replicated that research with fMRI. But for the most part, when I'm looking at a, a young child, what I want to do is look at, do some testing to look at their language skills, their cognitive skills, attention, memory, um, through behavioral testing. But if it's an adult or if it's a adolescent who, or even a child who's had a brain injury, a specific brain injury, then we usually receive um, copies of the MRI or the CAT scan that was done. Um, and we can't look at function very well in that case, but we can look at um, their structure. So we can see where the injury is and we can um, determine what kinds of, we can anticipate what kinds of problems that individual might have depending on where the injury is. Now, I'll add one more aside to that, and that is that at Northwestern University where I teach, they're currently doing research with fMRI and with something called transcranial magnetic um, stimulation um, to, to turn that into a set of techniques and a set of diagnostic tools that we would be able to use with children with developmental disorders in time. Wonderful. Okay, so when you are uh, helping the brain recover, and let's just double-check here, do you personally believe the brain can recover? Oh, of course, yes. The brain, the new term that every that neuroscientists use is, is plastic. The brain is a very adaptable organ. Um, we all know that. I mean, we know that you and I, um, Terry, could learn a foreign language. If we wanted to, we could decide to learn Japanese tomorrow. It might not be easy for us because we're adults. Children's brains are much more more um, adaptive than adults. But the brain is an adaptable adaptive organ and so it changes based on our environment and and because of that it allows us as therapists to have quite an impact on the way the brain is developing and to to guide it to develop in a more functional or adaptive way that must feel really good so when you are uh, implementing this therapy is it that the brain cells are repairing or are new neural connections being formed or is the brain adapting to compensate for the injury? Is it kind of doing workarounds? Well, actually, probably both things are going on um, if you have a person who's had a brain injury. So if you have someone who's had a brain injury, you do have damaged cells. And, and once a neuron is damaged, it doesn't grow back. Um, but the... If what's damaged is the fiber tracts that connect neurons, those do grow back, and those can grow back based on stimulation. So 
So what we do with someone who's had a brain injury is actually determine what capacities seem to be intact and use those to build up areas where the person's struggling. And to some extent, you're driving the brain to repair itself and to repair all of those pathways. And to some extent, you're probably giving the patient or the adult or the child, whoever it is who's had the brain injury, some adaptive abilities, some workarounds, like perhaps using an iPad to communicate if speech is really hard to understand. But for the vast majority of children with developmental issues, um, what you're doing is driving the plasticity. You're not doing functional workarounds. So you're really forcing the brain you're saying to the brain, these skills are really important. Invest all of your energy in developing these fiber tracks. And so that's what therapy is geared for in individuals where the brain is not injured in any way. Okay. Let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of fast forward. First of all, can it be used successfully for both low-functioning and high-functioning individuals with autism? Yes, you can use it for low-functioning and high-functioning um, individuals with autism, uh, if it's a young child, we fast forward depends on the fact that the child can use a computer. So they need to at least be able to either use a computer mouse or be able to um, press the space key and, and, and a couple of the arrow keys to be able to use it. And the other thing that's required is that the child should have a receptive language skills of about a three-year-old. So because they're going to be asked to follow directions and they're going to be asked to point to pictures for sentences like the boy, the boy is holding the girl. So it, it requires that kind of basic level. So if a child is low functioning, um, I would often on the autism spectrum, I would often want to wait until that child's probably four or five before I started fast forward. But if they're high functioning, they can start as three years of age or four years of age. Are there uh, therapists in place who can work on prerequisite skills so that an individual who's functioning at a lower level can receive remediation that allows them to eventually use the fast forward program? Yes. Um, the, the therapists that have been trained to use fast forward, many of them are speech language pathologists. We also have many um, applied behavioral analysis um, providers who know ABA um, approaches, applied behavioral analysis, um, and both of those can do the, the prerequisite training. Um, the speech language pathologist can get the child's receptive language at an adequate level to be able to do fast forward. They can make sure that they can attend for 15 minutes at a time or 10 minutes at a time to one computer activity. They can make sure that they have the computer skills necessary. Um, And the ABA specialist can make sure that the child's behavior is such that they can, you know, sit and respond to that kind of activity as well. Um, So that training would go on therapeutically if a child is low-functioning with autism um, until they're ready. And those professionals are are equipped with tests that they can use and other evaluative measures to know when a child's ready for fast-forward. I'll add one other point. Um, Fast-forward has demo versions where it isn't the actual program itself, but where you can train a child to do the tasks on the demo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good. 
Is that part of the set of unique strategies that Fast Forward employs that make it different from other interventions? It's certainly one set of the strategies, without a doubt, yes. Are there others? Yes. Um, the, the others are the basic the underlying Fast Forward, um, especially two of the products, are what are called acoustically modified speech. And what has been found, my colleague Nina Kraus at Northwestern University and others around the country have found that children on the autism spectrum and also children with, with developmental language problems often have a problem with what's called temporal processing. They can't, if it's an auditory signal, um, if it moves too quickly, they have trouble with that. They also, children um, on the autism spectrum also have trouble with visual processing the same way. If information is moving too quickly, they can't break it down fast enough and it overwhelms their system. So one of the strategies built into Fast Forward is to make what what Michael Mersnick, one of the developers, called glasses for the ears to make the sounds longer and louder so that it's easier for a child to perceive the sounds, to understand the words, to do the tasks. So that also is built in as a strategy to enable the children to be successful. Um, so that, And one way you can tell if you're working with a child um, with autism if that's a problem, is that often they just tune speech out. They just don't pay attention. You say their name or you say, Billy, come over here, and it's as though you've never spoken. And all of a sudden, if you change that for glasses for the ears, make those sounds slower and longer, you'll get the, uh, the child looking at you with these bright eyes and responding to that in a way that, that you don't see with the regular course of interaction. So that has been built in as well. Uh, that's nice. That must be nice for the child, too. And I like that turn of phrase, glasses for the ears. That's a really cool phrase. Let's take a more in-depth look at the various aspects. Uh, Fast Forward helps with cognitive skills like attention, memory, and working memory, sequencing skills, processing speed, and even, uh, consequently, math. Can you describe some of these? Yes. Yeah, so um, one of the things that... Uh, that well, the exercises, as we said, are you either have five or six set of exercises in each program, and some of the exercises are designed specifically to improve attention skills. So, um, if a child can't sit and pay attention to one thing for a long time, so often parents will tell me, "I try to read to my child, but what, they get up on my lap and within." You know, two seconds of me opening the book, they're off my lap and they just can't tolerate it. So some of the exercises are specific activities where the child has to pay close attention. And one of the things the neuroscientists have done is they've built in what are called start buttons. So no stimulus is given to the child. The child doesn't hear anything or see anything until they press a button. And when they do that, that releases a little neurochemical called acetylcholine, and that's the chemical that wakes us up in the morning, and it wakes up the brain of the child. And as the child keeps pressing that button, that's when they get the stimulus. It's, it says, I'm ready for this game. Then they get the, the exercise that they're supposed to do, and it builds up over time so that they can sustain their attention much, much longer. And there are several exercises that that's a key component within those six. 
Then a couple of other exercises within the six that a child gets, five or six, are specifically designed to improve their short-term memory. We call it their working memory. So one of the exercises in one of the early programs is like a concentration game where a child has cards turned over, but they're on a computer, and they click on the card and they might hear a word like bay. Then they might click on the next card and they hear may. Then they click on the next card and they hear day. Then they click on the next card and they hear may again. And they have to figure out where did I hear that word before. And that builds their memory skills. And then there's another exercise where they have to follow harder and harder and harder directions. So they might start with show me the red circle and then show me a blue square. And they have to point to those with the computer mouse, but then they might have something like move the red circle next to the red square, move the blue triangle next to the red triangle, and the the directions get longer and longer and more complex, and that builds up memory. Then there are exercises specifically that build up sequencing skills. So they might have to hear different sounds. Um, there was a old game years ago where kids would hear beep, 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 and they'd have to go back and replicate that. And we have those kinds of sequencing exercises, both in following directions where you have to do exactly what the person said first, but also in the sounds. But then that gets into sequencing with reading so that the child has a spelling word and they have to spell cat versus tack, let's say, or tab versus bat. And they're given the word and they're given the letters and they have to know the sequence of it. So sequencing is worked on, attention is worked on, memory is worked on. And then there are exercises that are just for processing speed where um, a child might hear sounds and the sounds get go faster and faster and faster and faster and they have to sequence those. Or there might be words that are actually... Um, being scanned across the page. So there might be the word book that moves across the computer screen from left to right and then cook and then took. And they'll hear the word book and when book is being coming across the screen, they have to click on it before it's gone. So that works on processing speed as well. Um, and then finally, as you said, mathematics. Um, math is... What underlies mathematics is what we call the number sense, understanding more and less and bigger and smaller and working with quantities and working with um, graphs. And Fast Forward has built into it both the vocabulary of numeracy, more or less, early, late, far, near, big, small, um, but it also has built into it um, reading of graphs and being able to do syllogisms as children get older. And then there's also an extra set of exercises on the iPad um, for specifically for, num- for numeracy. Um, so there are lots of um, different exercises to get at these different cognitive skills. And the one for numeracy, by the way, on the iPad is called Eddie's Number Party, E-D-D-I-E, Number Party. Oh, and we're going to talk about language skills when we come back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Dr. Marissa Burns, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Scientific Learning Brain Pro Autism, which uses this fast-forward technology. Please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com or call them at 
too. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Dr. Martha Burns, who has been a practicing clinician in the Chicago area for 35 years and who serves on the faculty of Northwestern University, Department of Communication Sciences and Disorders. And we've been talking about the fast forward technology and how it can help children with foundational skills. We're going to talk now about language skills like discrimination skills, grammar, vocabulary, and reading fluency. Dr. Burns? Yeah. Okay, great. So, Fast Forward, as I said earlier, was designed by two sets of researchers. One set of researchers at University of California, San Francisco, Michael Mersnick and his lab, were interested in driving brain plasticity, making the brain smarter, faster, better. The group that worked on the language component of the Fast Forward exercises was at Rutgers University, and it was headed by Paula Talal, Dr. Paula Talal. And what she designed to be built into Fast Forward was a series of exercises that build speech sound discrimination so that children can, I I like to talk about it as perceive or hear the internal detail of words. So often when children are young or when children are having trouble with language, they don't get, they don't hear, if you will. They don't perceive all the sounds in words. So off, it's not unusual for a child to say, um, if they see a star, to say tar. Or to, if they go up the steps to go tap. Um, they don't hear that S in the S blend sometimes. Or sometimes they will, they'll hear the vowels wrong. Um, and, and when a child is having trouble perceiving the internal detail of words, 
then it's hard to learn language because people are talking very quickly and the child is missing a lot of what the person's saying. So a big part of the fast-forward exercises, the early exercises, is to get them so they can hear all of those sounds and words clearly and very um, very distinctly. And then once they can perceive those sounds, then they learn to match those sounds to letters um, of the English language so that gets them into reading. So discrimination is an important part of what fast-forward does. About half of the exercises in the early fast-forward programs that we call language and language to reading are speech sound discrimination to build up that map in the brain. Then the next thing Dr. Talal wanted to really emphasize in the fast-forward exercises is being able to use grammar. Often when children have trouble or struggling with language, they have trouble with verb tenses. Um, Sometimes they'll leave part of a verb tense out so they might say he running or him running. They get the wrong pronoun, Um, her crying, or uh, they might confuse prepositions and they might think on is in and and out is, is off and, um, or have trouble with over and under. So it teaches all of those structures. It teaches verb tenses. It teaches prepositions, on, under, over. It teaches pronouns, him, her, this, that, um, very specifically. And first the children get those by themselves. So they might get something like, show me book, show me books, show me ate, show me eat. And then... Over time, they'll get those in sentences. Show me the boy is eating the cookie. Show me the boy ate the cookie. Um, And very specifically, in a very targeted way, grammar is built. Um, First, it's built by listening, and then it's built in reading texts once the child gets to the reading exercises. Another component of the Fast Forward program is to teach vocabulary, to teach, as we talked about already, pronouns, him, her, this, that, but also just content words, um, and especially words that are very important in school. So adjectives, big, small, synonyms and antonyms and categories, like show me all the words that you see or all the things you see that are foods. Now show me the things that are occupations. Now show me the words that are associated with, um, with places. So or show me the word that means the same as um, over, and it might be on top. And so there are antonyms, opposites. And then as they progress through the exercises, they might get analogies. Book is to read as um, CD is to, you know, listen or something like that. So, so vocabulary is a huge component of Fast Forward at all the levels in all the exercises. And then finally, there are two sets of programs in Fast Forward. One set is to build language skills, and we call those the language programs. Then we have actually five reading programs. And then we have something at Scientific Learning that isn't Fast Forward. It's called Reading Assistant. Reading Assistant is corrected reading. So it's a set of books where the child can hear the book read to them with headphones on. Then the child can follow along and read the book as they see the words, and then it, it's, so it's called read and record. The child can read. It records what they read, but reading assistant adds an additional 
element, which is it corrects the child. So if the child's struggling along and they say, um, you know, they're reading a book and, and it says, frogs are very good at jump, 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 it will pop in and go jumping. And the child hears jumping. So it's just like you and I reading with a child where we'll help them with a word. Reading assistant helps them. And that builds what we call reading fluency. And reading fluency isn't just how quickly a child reads. It's also how, how much information they can get in a, in a period of time. So can a child get through a chapter book in a day? Can a child get through one page in 15 minutes or does it take them four hours? And reading assistant is designed to build up that capacity to read faster and to comprehend better. Is this, and that to me seems like it would be reinforcing to the individual. It would be reinforcing to me. So does this program have uh, reinforcement that the student internalizes? Is it a fun program to use? You mentioned that, you know, when you press a button, acetylcholine wakes up the brain or some endorphins released. How does the program uh, create uh, a situation of internal reinforcement for the user? Oh, that's great. So the researchers know, both at in both Dr. Talal but also Michael Mersnick knew when they were developing the program that one of the strongest um, neuromodulators to drive the brain to change is dopamine. Dopamine is a feel-good chemical. So we get dopamine when we eat a chocolate chip cookie or something we really like. We get dopamine when we're rewarded. And because the researchers knew this, what they did is after every single stimulus a child gets on every exercise, no matter what the activity is or the task, every time they do something, they either, if they get it right, they get a little reward and the reward they actually get within 40 milliseconds, and that's really fast. So there are a 1,000 milliseconds in a, in a second. So 40 milliseconds is really fast. So they immediately get this reinforcement of great job or a bell that goes off or a light that flashes or a number that comes up on the screen that says, yes, you got it. And that, the neuroscientists know, is the most powerful timing of a reinforcer to create dopamine to actually make sure that those new connections that are being built in the brain um, are saved. So dopamine I like to think of as the save button of the computer, and what creates more dopamine in your brain is rewards. And timely reinforcement then is key to a well-designed neuroscience program because the faster the reinforcement occurs and, and the more accurate it is, the more likely that you that that brain is going to have changed permanently after the exercises have been completed. Wow, I need one of those for my computer. And uh, we actually, actually all do. <laughs> I can actually find out about this if I call eight five five three zero eight one three six two or go to www.brainprolearning.com or go to my host page and click on the Pretty Brain Pro banner. We will be right back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Stay tuned. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. It's a beautiful day. Do you look your best? Do you feel your best? While everybody ages, why does it seem to show more in some people than others? It could have to do with what's inside and how it affects you outside. Tune in to Health and Beauty for Life with Dr. Tang and Alexandra. 
Their training in medicine and nutrition brings proven results with their patients. And now, they're ready to bring that knowledge to you. We'll answer your questions and explore innovations in technology and medicine to keep you looking and feeling your best. Tune in Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 960 Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. Martha Burns, who serves on the faculty of Northwestern University Department of Communication Sciences and Disorders and on the medical staff of Evanston Northwestern Hospital. And we've been talking about communication, how to remediate that, and the use of fast forward. So, Martha, um, what can parents expect? When they can they expect to see dramatic improvements? What will they see and... How often does their loved one need to use the Fast Forward program? Okay, so Fast Forward is designed to be used five days a week, um, which a lot of parents aren't used to that kind of intensity, although uh, parents of children with autism sometimes are because ABA is also very intensive and is daily. But the the expectation and the research shows that Fast Forward is effective when it's used five days a week, um, it can be used as little as a half an hour or five days a week, and it doesn't have to be five consecutive days. You could do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't matter that way, but you need five out of every seven, minimum of a half an hour a day, up to all the way up to two hours a day if the child can tolerate it. Um, and depending on how many minutes a child does those five days a week, what you will see is improvement. You'll start to see changes. Actually, often parents will see changes uh, after, certainly after about 12 to 14 weeks. But we even have had, if the child does an hour a day, let's say 50 minutes or an hour a day, often parents will start seeing changes after six weeks. And if they do even a more a bigger protocol, longer protocol, let's say 50 minutes or 90 minutes a day, they might even start to see some attentional changes. The child pays more attention to them. The child is listening to speech better. A child's more interested in language, maybe even talking more after as short a period of time as four weeks. So some of the changes will start to become evident right away. Some changes are more gradual. So for example, reading changes often take more like six months or eight months to start to see the child read more fluently or to enjoy reading more. So children start paying attention sooner. Um, They seem to, those language skills start to come in relatively soon, let's say 12 weeks on average. And the only caveat for that is that um, if a child has 
a marked developmental delay, let's say. So if a child is 10 and functioning kind of at a five-year level, um, it may take longer. So those children may take more like eight or nine months before we really start to see changes. Uh, but for the vast majority of children, the changes are evident relatively quickly. And again, I go back to that analogy of going to the gym. It doesn't take too long for you to do aerobic training and weight training for you to start seeing a few muscles and start not being so winded when you climb the stairs. But the good news is is that eventually you will see changes. That's right. You will see them, and you'll probably see them much faster with something that's intensive like Fast Forward than you will with other interventions, as I said at the very beginning, like just general speech therapy is effective, but it just takes longer. Fast Forward's intensity allows you to see the changes usually much sooner. Right, and you're addressing foundational skills and, and structures, overarching principles. It's not too much to ask to do therapy five days a week because neurotypical children are learning seven days a week, 24 hours a day virtually. That's exactly right. So neurotypical children are picking up things around them all the time. But the child with autism is often is often shutting down the world around them. And so they aren't making benefit, you're right, of all of that stimulation that, that a neurotypical child would get. And that's why we really want as much intensity as, as the child can tolerate. And I like how you described earlier that a child may be mispronouncing something not because there's something structurally amiss with their mouth, but because there's something going on with, with their hearing, with their auditory processing. Exactly. And that seems to account for many of the speech and language problems that children exhibit, especially those who have autism. And and my colleague, Nina Krause, has done quite a bit of research, um, and there are others in her lab that have done research with children on the autism spectrum and, and shown that many times their language is a problem because of the speech sound, because of the auditory processing problems. Right, so you're taking more of a holistic approach. You know, uh, the the name of the role is speech language pathologist, but you're really including the ears in this and and the brain and how these things fit together and work exactly. Yeah. So how do parents find a good provider so their children can use Fast Forward? My stepson used Fast Forward, and he used it over at. where he gets speech therapy, where he actually gets social skills therapy at a speech therapy clinic. So how do parents find a good provider? All right. There are really two ways. Um, they, they can do Brain Pro, and you've been talking about Brain Pro. Brain Pro is where they um, have a long-distance provider, if you will. Brain Pro Autism is, it would be if the, if the child has autism. If the child has a language problem, they can do just regular um, brain Pro, and for that they would just call um, or go on the website www.brainprolearning.com, or they can go to www.scientificlearning.com. If they go to scientificlearning.com, they click on the Parent tab, and when they click on the Parent tab, it's in the upper right-hand corner. Brain Pro will come up, and they can click that on. But the other option, and for a lot of us who have children, and I also have a child, by the way, um, who has a learning disability, um, for a lot of us who have children that have significant issues and we'd really like to have a provider near us 
that can work with a child, maybe a speech-language pathologist, if you go to www.scientificlearning, all one word, scientificlearning.com, and click on the Parent tab, at the bottom there will be a little link that says Find a Provider Near You. And if you click that on, you can put in your zip code or your telephone area code, and it will show you providers in your area that use the Fast Forward program. And some of them, a lot of them will be speech-language pathologists, but some of them will be ABA specialists. Some of them may be audiologists who specialize in auditory processing disorders, and some of them are um, educators, often special educators. But they need to know their stuff to be on your tab, right? That's right. So those are people who have regular private practices. They're well-known in their community, and and they do all sorts of therapy um, and intervention, and Fast Forward is just one tool that they use. And if you go that route, you're more likely to get a real comprehensive program of which Fast Forward is one part, which is really nice, which it sounds like your stepson did. Good. Before we go, really important, can you please share a couple of success stories with our listeners, including how Fast Forward helped them with practical functional skills. Oh, yeah. There are so many that I tried to think of a few very special ones. Um, one was a little girl I was working with who had a lot of social skill issues. She was about eight years of age. She was in the original research trial, and um, she, she had good language skills, and so she was diagnosed with Asperger's. Um, um, but, but her social skills were really, she was, she was very withdrawn and she didn't have friends and she was, um, socially isolated. And she went through fast forward and the psychologist who worked with her afterwards said the change in her was absolutely remarkable, that she was more outgoing, that she was more confident with other children. And at the end of Fast Forward, she had a best friend that she'd never oh. had before. Um, and one other success story, probably my very favorite, was a little boy. Again, he was one of the very first children that I put through Fast Forward who had a genesis of the corpus callosum, which is a lack of the development of the fibers that connect the two sides of the brain together. And he, because of that, he had no speech or very little speech. He could only speak in single words. And he was seven years of age at the time, and he could say book and car and, and ride one word at a time, but it was hard to understand him. And he went through fast forward, and after he went through it, he was speaking in full sentences. And wow. his mom got, and that was after six weeks. His mom wow. was so excited by that that she joined the company and actually worked for scientific learning as a parent representative for about eight years. Wow. I have shivers. I know someone, um, I know a child who has an issue with the corpus callosum, so I'll have to make sure that I tell her parents about Fast Forward. Yeah, yeah. It's great for children who have those kinds of structural differences in their brain. Well, Dr. Burns, I'd like to thank you for sharing this hopeful information with us today about how to help children communicate and comprehend and do all sorts of things better. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a delight. And uh, I, I appreciate all of your wonderful questions, Terry. Well, thank you. And to our listeners, um, please remember to register for the Autism One 2014 conference in Chicagoland. May 21st through 25th, there will be five days of over 100 speakers on a diversity of topics 
with exciting cutting-edge research and treatment information, and you may even see Dr. Burns there. Please check in at www.autism1.org, and I again want to thank this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, which uses the fast-forward technology that we've been talking about please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com or www.scientificlearning.com. Click on the Parent tab, and you can also click on the tab to find a provider. Or you can go to my host page and click the Pretty Brain Pro banner that's there. And you can also call 855-308-1362. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.